Welcome to... Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. We do apologize for the lack of content over the past few days here on this show. We've been on the road here. At Cracked Rackets had the fantastic opportunity to cover the 2021 Lotto Elite Pro Tennis Challenge. Got to watch guys like Ernest Golbis, Chris Eubanks, Roy Smith, Makun Sasakumar, Ramkumar Ramanathan, and so many more up close in person. You're going to get to hear all the interviews we did with those players, all of our content over the next few days on the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm going to break down that event on today's mini break podcast as well. But of course, there has been so much action that's happened elsewhere in the tennis world. I was on the grounds in Kalamazoo for the 2021 USTA Boys 18s National Championships. We're going to recap that event with Colette Lewis. We're going to talk Girls 18s National Championships with Lisa Stone over the next few days as well. want to talk about Ashlyn Kruger winning both the singles and doubles title. Of course, we've also had two 1,000-level events. Cincinnati, the Canada Masters happening over these past two weeks. U.S. Open on the horizon as well. It could not be a more exciting time to be a tennis fan. But of course, what is something we do every week here on this podcast? We bring on our friends Damian Kust and Jakob Bobro to break down the latest action on the ATP Challenger Tour. Now, of course, this podcast was recorded on Sunday. It's on me that we didn't get it out earlier. I do apologize, but it's a fantastic episode. So we don't want you to miss out on Damian and Jakob's discussion on the Czech youngsters having so much success. Damian wrote about them on our website, Crack Rack com a few months ago, but they discussed today if those youngsters have a potential for a Yuri Vesely, Lucas Rosal type career. They also talk about the continued ascension of Holger Rune, his improving mindset, win behind, and so much more. It's a fantastic episode. I know all of you listeners are going to enjoy, of course, before we get to that, just a quick reminder that these episodes are made possible by all of you listeners, by our Crack Rackets Patreon family, and of course, by our friends over at Turn Tennis. You all know the deal. It's the best grip in the business, only grip that gets tackier when you sweat. To join the Turner family, you can contact them at sales at uniquesports.com or call 800-554-3707. You mentioned we here at Cracked Racket sent you. They'll hook you up with discounted pro- college pricing, hook you up with some free samples as well, treat you like family. So again, to join the Turner family, contact sales at uniquesports.com or call 800-554-3707. With that said, Let's talk ATP Challenger Tennis. Damian Kust and Jakob Barbaro. West off, roll those credits. Let's get to today's show. Uh, hey, welcome to the next episode of the Challenger the Podcast. I'm once again joined by my friend Jakub, who's going to be very happy to announce that there's been a... Uh, there's been a certain result that changed our predictions competition. Uh, yes, I mean, let's let's jump right into it. San Marino, the only 90 um, hosted this week. Holger Runa is the winner, who I predicted. That means that we're all tied at five, right? Yes, all tied at five in our prediction competition. Um, I, I've been chasing since the start, so it feels really good to be back on level terms ever since we started this, and I'm, I'm looking over to taking over next week. by the way on last uh, in last week's episode i said that you know i'm starting to do serious peaks now uh, so watch all my peaks go out first round obviously i didn't really believe in that but it actually turned out that on tuesday i had no one left (laughs) yeah i mean literally all of your picks were out before or or in the first round Uh, i felt like he was the most talented player from the lineup so, so that's why i picked him ended up paying off for me um his run he started against uh julian canina who's playing with with a protective ranking uh pretty easy win six three six four then he uh got in some trouble against salvatore caruso in the, in the in the second round the third seed two six seven six six two i haven't i haven't actually checked if he was down in any match points or anything like that uh so i'm not but quite he was sure. zero four down in the second oh it was two six zero four down, yeah, and turned it around. And this, 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 I feel like this, this match and the final were somewhat similar in in that regard. Yeah, luckily he he got it together earlier in the final than, than yeah. that match. Um, beat beat Menetech, six, six off seven five. Beat Marco Cecchinato seven five seven six, and that was a win that I sort of assumed 
uh, after that that he would just sort of cruise the final whether it was Delian or, or lose it, it, it was lose um but yeah well, so, so Orlando lose what a what a wild run uh for him this week where I mean he started with a with a retirement from Jaziri but you know beat Blagirola beat Janvier uh and then Hugo Delian so a really good week for him it, it basically it takes him back to the top 300 it takes him to his highest ever ranking and number 272. So uh, what did you think of Rune and Luz? Well, undeniably, the, the bottom half of the draw was a little softer than, than mm-hmm. the top. And I think Luz did very well to you know take advantage of that. I mean, la- two weeks ago, three weeks ago, something like that, he was in the quarters of Tampere. So it's, you know, it doesn't come out of nowhere. But I mean, still, I, I definitely did not see that coming. Uh, but, but, but I definitely feel that, you know, whoever won Chakinato Rune, you know, the guy who would, would be taking the title on, on Sunday. Uh, although, obviously, Rune, I mean, the issue in both the Caruso match and here today, I mean, it, it, it just seemed that his game, whenever he's not, you know, on from the very first point, he, he just has very little margin for error. So, you know, I, I, it, it, I think it's a very positive sign that he was able to clean up sort of you know give give loose a little bit more space and loose started leaking errors and then i mean it, it, it's great that he was able to fight like that oh, i'm talking of rune uh the win against Chekinato is actually already his sixth top 100 this year so that, 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 that's a fantastic amount honestly uh, i think two of them were done in challengers the other the other four in atp events i mean rune is someone who you know has been on everyone's radar, obviously, because of because of the junior success, because of the Muratoglu Academy. But for a, for a long while, he was like receiving challenger wildcards out of no, 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 there was no actual sporting reason. Like there was <laughs> there was no reason to to actually. Uh, have him like Leo Borg is getting uh, getting wild cards right so now. So what we are saying so... is that Leo Borg in a couple of years can be winning challengers. And... <laughs> nah, yeah, I don't I know. More, I mean, Leo Borg had some junior success, but obviously not as much as yeah. Luna. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but is you know you you can't really. Ex- exclude the possibility but i'm glad that rune is i think he always had a pretty good mindset regarding that i think he was always just saying that you know he aimed for the big thing and all like the stuff i i think he always i'm, I'm not sure how how leo borg reacts to to losing so much but i think rune always had the the, the right mindset for this and it's clearly paying off right now i mean two two 200 titles at 18 months and uh, 18 years and three months of age is is absolutely spectacular. By the way, Leo Borg got another wild card, uh, not this week, but the week after to Warsaw. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great, great stuff, really. Um, 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 I'm just as pleased as in Poznan. Like, you know, yeah, Leo Borg is doing a whole Polish tour, apparently. Yeah, I have no idea why and how. But I mean, it's not like we've got a a fair few good Polish players to give wildcards to. Like, let's just give them to Leo Borg. Yeah, and it, and yeah, Bjorn Borg is apparently also going to be there. Uh, I have no idea what the guy is doing, but uh, yeah. Anyhow, uh... yeah. Um, so 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 uh, we should maybe mention uh, Gilles Simon. Um, he he beat Marco De Rossi uh, in the, in the first round, so he broke his his losing streak. Um, <laughs> beat him six three six three, but then lost to Janvier, which I, to be fair, wasn't entirely expecting. Maybe I should have been expecting because he lost like fifteen matches in a row <laughs> or something uh, <laughs> before beating De Rossi. But yeah, I, I really thought that like Gilles Simon could come down to this challenger level and sort of be be, be sort of, sort of like a threat for at least a little bit. Um, but it, yeah, it doesn't seem like it if he's losing to Janvier like that. Yeah, I'm afraid that ship has sailed already. And I mean, we 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 often talk about uh, you know the the difference in level being very slim between uh, a player ranked 400 and 200. But actually, there there was a big difference in Marco De Rossi against Gilles Simon. Uh, even though you know, even even a guy like De Rossi who never really had any success at ITF level. 
Heather, had, had a really nice game, but never really stood a chance there. But yeah, I also thought that maybe maybe Simon wasn't uh, you know wasn't done already in that in 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 that regard. But uh, I don't know. The, the, it's not looking bright for him, definitely. Uh, I don't know if there's anyone else that I would like to mention here. Like, I mean, Chakinato was very okay, but in you know, in his first three matches, he played four tiebreaks in six sets, won all of them. So I guess that speaks for his clutchness. But uh, I don't know, just just struggled a lot this week, but kept winning obviously until he met Runa. This was, you know, this could have been a real blockbuster. I guess Chakinato Runa was. Uh, was a match that I really expected to be a, a total hit. It, it sort of was, and it's once again a, a fantastic victory for for Rune. Something that you sort of expect from him at this point, but it still you know amazes you that that he keeps doing that at at such a young, such an early stage of his career. Um, yeah, we should also mention your pick, uh, who was Sebastian Baez. Oh, yes. Seven seed, lost to Jay Clark, um, six, seven, seven, five, five, seven. Uh, which, I mean, to be fair, I, I didn't see that coming. As I said, Baez, I, I would have picked him had it not been for his uh, retirement or withdrawal, his injury, basically, because uh, we weren't sure what sort of shape he's going to come back to. I didn't actually, I, I, didn't, I, I couldn't watch that match, unfortunately, so I'm not really sure what that match was like. Um, obviously, he wasn't completely horrible because he did take it three sets in, in a long match. Yeah, it was like three Jake hours or something. I, yeah. I won just bits of that. So I, uh, but, but he didn't look you know, awful physically. Uh, I think he was doing fine. I At least I would have liked, you know, if, if Clark beats my peak, maybe Clark gets on a run, but no, he just withdrew. <laughs> he just withdrew from <laughs> the next round. I mean, no, that uh, that was definitely a shocker for me. I know Jay Clark won a ch- clay challenger like three years ago, but still, you know, with with how, how the sheer amount of wins that Bias has been getting this year, that was definitely a shocker for me. And mm-hmm. oh, we should mention the doubles too, because then a collage won another doubles title. <laughs> well, yes, yes, already. Yes. I mean, if you if if you hadn't listened to this like two weeks ago, we were sort of wondering how does then a collage have twelve challenger doubles titles? But I mean, uh, I mean back then it was eleven, but you know. With 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 a volleying technique like he's it's it's very weird, but apparently he's a very effective doubles player. So yeah, <laughs> you know he he goes out there and he gives it his all. So Definitely. I mean, to, 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 like like to be fair, he, he like, like when he's not playing with Czech guys, he usually plays with with guys who are more regular doubles players. So so maybe that helps him in that regard. Like, like right now he's he, he was he won the title with, with Luis David Martinez, who's pretty much just a, a doubles player. Yeah. Um so so I feel like he's he's sort of like the the guy more for the more for the backcourt. But obviously in doubles you do need both. So but yeah I don't think he's like an entirely horrific volleyer. No he's not a horrific um, volleyer definitely not it's just pretty shocking to me that there are you know players like double specialists on the challenger tour who have like I don't know a title or two, and uh, you know they they're they're just you know you think of a doubles player and they're the absolute you know stereotype let's say of of that that what what pops into your head when you think of a doubles player, and I mean Kolash is Kolash is not that but I mean Bolelli Fonini won the Australian Open in doubles I mean it's it's doable they they pretty much played. Both at, both at the baseline in that event, so, <laughs> so I mean it's doable. It's, I guess I guess that's also pretty funny that you know in the in this exact competition you can play in so many different ways, and there's there isn't one that's more effective than the other. I mean, in general there is, but you can you can win in any style. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Should we move on to to Merbush? Sure. Yep. Uh, there we had Marcelo Tomas Barrios Vera uh, beating Juan Manuel, Juan Manuel Serundolo 7-6-6-3 for his first title in his third final. Uh, goes up to number 171. Um, he, he beat Nagal and Kuhn, but I really took notice uh, once he beat Daniel Atmayer, my pick for the tournament, 7-6 in the third, uh, which was kind of a shock for me. And uh, then he ended the the surprise run of Robin Hasse at this tournament. 
but yeah, what, what did you make of Barrios era? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a great period for him. Uh, in March, he was the runner-up in Santiago, then in Almaty in June. It's it's really been coming, that, that, that Challenger title, especially as he also qualified for Wimbledon, which, you know, for, for a guy who basically has no achievements of clay, was was a huge thing as well. Uh, we both we both had Mike Schack, uh, qualifying there and, and 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 definitely didn't expect that. That was the top section at Wimbledon qualies. Uh, I was so I guess I wasn't I wasn't surprised, but I mean the the, the sheer style in in which he did the deciding sets that was pretty good. But uh, no, the the win over Altmaier was is obviously the the, the thing that stands out. I guess the I guess against Hasse as well because Hasse really showed some glimpses of his you know form of the, in the old of the old days. The definitely didn't expect Hasse beating Ote then Muraying. That was definitely some vintage stuff that I did not expect Hasse to still have. But I mean, the, 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 you know, there's there's the whole great generation of Dutch youngsters coming as well. Like I mean. Are they still youngsters? Like Van der Zandschulp is probably not a youngster. But I mean, we've got Van der Zandschulp, Griegsport, De Jong, Van Rijthoven. They've been all, they've all been doing extremely well this year. And Hasse is probably, you know, at the, at the twilight, uh, in the twilight of his career. And I, I would definitely love him to have that one last, one last hooray. Yeah, I mean, he, he also reached the final doubles with, with Dustin Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, which was pretty interesting. Dustin Brown, who at this point seems just a, a doubles specialist, like he he doesn't try playing singles anymore. He doesn't even he, like he, he doesn't sign up for the qualies, uh, which I think where is, is is where mostly his ranking takes him at this point. Yeah, um, but yeah, he, I remember he, 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 he I remembered yes. he was signed up for Warsaw, but yeah, as you said, it's just main draw. He he's not signed up for the qualies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they lost to Valkov uh, and Zielinski, who are one of the best doubles teams on the on the challenger circuit this year. So no, no shame in that. But yeah, a, a, an amazing week for for Robin Hasse. Uh, all right, should we finish up with Prague? Uh, yeah, let me look if there was anyone. I don't know. I guess we kind of didn't even mention the the, the finalist. Oh uh, yeah, Juan Manuel who was on a six match losing streak coming into the coming into the tournament. So it was it was pretty surprising to see him do this well again. But I guess with Cherundolo, it's always gonna maybe not always. I mean, he's nineteen, but it's been like that. That you know, sometimes uh, a, a good player just exposes the. No, the moon balls, the counter punching, mm. the ultra defensive style, and sometimes he just links together these couple of wins, you know, a few wins, as he did in Rome, as he did in uh, Cordoba. Was the the ATP event that he won? I think so. Uh, I always mix up these South South American stuff. Uh, I would also mention the guy that I just talked about like a minute before, so Van der Zandschulp, because he played like five weeks straight. And reached at least the quarters each time. Uh, I can't remember if it was like 15 wins in in five weeks. Very impressive. Although obviously he he's left without a title. If you look at his ranking, he actually didn't even bump it up that much for these five weeks, which is which is pretty funny. Like kind of I guess it shows you know how tough it is to actually go up the rankings if you win 15 matches in five weeks and yeah. you barely barely go upwards. And I will also mention that my winner pick for this event, unfortunately, withdrew. <laughs> I'm extremely sure that he, uh, you know, this would be my point. Uh, but Molchan, yeah, yeah. So, 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 so Molchan withdrew. Unfortunately, he seems to be okay. I saw him like on his Instagram story having dinner with Lukas Latsko um, this week, so he seems to be okay. Uh, the other two Slovaks in the draw both reached the quarterfinals, which was quite nice to see. Uh, Klein beat Kamke and then Aidukovic before losing to Van der Zanschulp in, in three sets. So sort of like the wins that he should get at this point and then pushed Van der Zanschulp pretty deep, so that's good. And then Filip Horansky beat Andrea Kolarini and then Damir Jumhur, which was kind of a surprise for me. I didn't see that coming. And then also pushed uh, Serundolo 7-5 in the third. So we, we, even without Molchan, a pretty good week for, for the Slovaks in, in Merbush. Definitely, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I guess we can go to Prague then. 
Uh, yeah, we, uh, I mean, we've talked about this guy a bit on the podcast, but I guess we mostly mentioned his other Czech colleagues, like Jonas Foretek, <laughs> for example. But I mean, uh, coming into the semis, I definitely expected Foretek would would be the one in young Czech in the finals, but he lost to Dalibor Stina, which is a super cool story because they 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 won the uh, Australian Open in doubles together, obviously in, in boys doubles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it turns out that Stina actually leads for Aitek 4-0 right now, like talking, you know, co- combining their junior in, and senior yeah. records. But anyhow, Dalibor Stina defeated Dimitri Popko in the in the final 6-0-7-5. That 6-0 set was up, actually absurd. Uh, it was 20 minutes and Stina won all his games to love and Popko lost all his games to 30. Unbelievable symmetry. Yeah, it looks <laughs> it looks great on like Flask or, or something. Uh, anyhow, I was very surprised with the final. Just like with Rune Luz, I kind of really expected Popko to pull through here. Seven, he lost seventeen games on the way to the final. And you know, two weeks ago, I was I believe I was praising him a lot on the podcast because of his Poznan performance. Uh, then in uh, what was it, Ostrava? No, Ostrava was earlier in the year, or was that Ostrava as well? Uh, no, Liberec. That was the 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 one that uh, Morgan yeah. won over. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he lost. He lost first round there, but he lost to Mike Shack, so it, it it really wasn't a bad loss. Absolutely, I was so certain that he. That he that he had something, and this was his second final. Obviously, the lower category, Challenger Fifty. So it really seemed for me like this is the perfect opportunity. But he, I mean, he just didn't perform up to his standards. Not taking anything away from from Stina, uh, who, by the way, super impressive that he's doing this so young. So I I, I am disappointed with with what Popko showed in the finals, and I'm not sure I'm gonna be picking him to win anytime soon. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just just an incredible week for for Sprachina. Um, the first title, obviously, uh, takes him up to takes him up to number three hundred and thirty four. That's ninety spots from his current from his last week's ranking. Um, so th- that should mean that, that that we will see him at Challenger qualities more often. I think since he'll be able to get in with, without a wild card. Uh, I was quite impressed by by like his wins in the third sets where he beat Men- Menendez uh, Maceiras in the third set and Fornes in the third set. Um, just having that ability to to dig deep uh, and get through those matches, and as you said, the performance against Popko in the final <laughs> pretty crazy because I, I I had Popko pretty much locked down for for the title uh, too, when, when I saw the matchup. Yeah, um, me too. But yeah, we, we we talked a bit about Foretek who made the semis here. I was pretty shocked by his first round win over Nicolas Khari because I picked Khari to win the tournament. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he he avenged his loss in Tampere against Khari. Uh, one in three sets, beat Giannou, beat the top seed, uh, Milojevic. But yeah, as we said, Sorcina owns the head-to-head. Um, so he, he just had to uh, deal <laughs> with just having the doubles title, which he won alongside Michal Verbensky, who I was... Yeah, Verbensky, I was kind of disappointed with. Uh, losing first round to Turniev. I mean, I, I, I felt like this could be sort of his moment where he's been falling behind a bit when, when you look at the other Czech guys. Um, and yeah, he just wasn't able to deliver. So, yeah, Turniev is not exactly the best clay coach player out there. Uh, I had uh, Gerard Meltzer uh, yep. to win this. And I mean, yeah. It turned out that I maybe I overestimated his uh, his run from Liberets. Uh, he lost to Emilio Nava, who's definitely no slouch. I mean, he's uh, a two-time Grand Slam runner-up in, in, in juniors and definitely also making his way up right now. Probably is going to be a lot higher in like a year's time. Actually, mm-hmm. I think he lost four Grand Slam finals in, in juniors, like two singles, two doubles, and... One of them was to Foretek, and one of them uh, in doubles was to Foretek Stina. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's funny how how it all uh, interse- how they all intersected with each other. Uh, I don't know if I have any if anyone that I would like to mention here. 
else? No, probably not. Yeah, as you said, Cina is definitely a fighter. Uh, I don't know if if he's gonna have the weapons to, you know, to actually let's maybe. Okay, because right now there there is like one check in the in the top one hundred right now, uh, Vesely, right? And like what what um, like to let's say that someone made a huge impact on on the main tour that would be like what top 50 or or like you know, what's the you know what's the line like where do you set uh... to, to, I, i'm not so, sure if you get what i mean yeah so so so, so what do i think is, is like a big impact on the main tour yeah right? like like, like so Vessel did did Iji Vesely, you know, make a huge impact on the main tour? I would say he did, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he, I, like, 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 I don't think that, like, consistency-wise, I don't think that he did. But, but, but because he won some titles, he 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 reached like a fourth round at a slam. I would say that he has made a pretty big impact on the main tour. Yeah, I agree. And I would let, let's let's like uh, Rosh, uh, Lucas Russell did too, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. And uh, let's play like a short game where <laughs> like I will name a Czech player, young Czech player on the rise. And we're gonna, you know, so just say yes or no, maybe some a bit of explanation uh, to whether he can do something like achieve something like uh, Russell or, uh, or uh, uh, Russell or Vesely did. So let's start with Jonas Foretek. Ashwaratek, um, I, I feel like I feel like yes, I, I, I feel like he can, he can get to that level. He he has a lot of time still, uh, so I'm going to go yes on Foretek. Yeah, I would go for yes too. I'm 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 doing that like you know the, the idea just came came up right now, but I'm doing that because it's you know we often talk about guys who are very talented, young, but like you know I'm I'm curious where the 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 ceiling for them like where where do we think the the ceiling for them is so the next one is going to be Dalibor Stina Dalibor Stina yeah, it, it's tough because like I, I don't think I've I don't think I've seen as much of him as I would have liked uh, before making this sort of call mm-hmm. um, he's he's obviously been been getting better over this year he's he's a pretty he's a quite good result on on challengers oh, no, sorry not futures. Um, won this challenger, made the quarters in Sokovia. Ah. I mean, he still has a lot of time. He's he's 18, uh, so I'm going to go. I'm going to go yes on Sorcina. Okay, yeah, he's one that that we definitely haven't seen that much of yet. So he's 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 maybe a bit of. I I would say no, just, just you know, just my gut says so. But as you said, there's still so much room, so much room for improvement that it can happen. Uh, next one is Vitkop Shiva. Vitkop Shiva. This is the thing because obviously on the main tour of of the young guys, he's had the most success with, with the semi final in, in Gastad. Um, but I just, I just I, like something just tells me no when I look at his game. Um, so I'm going to go for no on Vitkop Shiva. Yeah, I, I I will also go for no. I mean, I don't know, just maybe more. I mean, I know he's been making quarters and semis in challengers pretty consistently, but I don't know. There's just not enough. Uh, I don't know. It's the act of the X factor for me there. I don't know. I just mm-hmm. don't feel like the runs like in Stadt will happen again. But you know, uh, we could be totally wrong on this. Uh, who else is left? Ijila Hechka. Ijila Hechka. Um... I'll yeah, I'll 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 go yes on Yuji Yeah, for yeah, me that's a super easy yes, actually. Yeah. yeah. But that's when when I'm when we're talking, you know, but Tina was impressive, Lahechka was impressive, and all that the Lahechka is the one that I really think could could go the you know the furthest of these. Uh what's left? Zdenek Kolash. Oh are, are we doing Zdenek Kolash? All right, I, I skipped straight through Tomasz Machac. <laughs> ah, yeah, we... uh, yeah. I mean, Zeykola, he's obviously a bit older than than the most of these guys. Mm-hmm. He's twenty four. Yeah, um, Kopshiva, I... right? I think they're I think they're the, the same 
Age. Is he? Oh yeah, yeah. So Stan Collage, I'm not convinced by he he's sort of like a like a grinder kind of guy. He's obviously a pretty good doubles player <laughs> with how many titles <laughs> he's he's winning. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm going to go for no on Stan Collage. Yeah, me, me too. I really respect him and love his game, but that's you know I, I feel like the ceiling there is a top challenger player, not someone like Vasily or Rochel. Um, and I think we've got two left, uh, like of the of the ones that we can, you know, say a lot about. So Tomasz mm-hmm. Mahac, as you as you said. Mm, yeah, I th- I think I'll go for yes on Tomasz Mahac. Just looking at his results here, I, I, I feel like the the only reason why I'm a bit maybe not fully convinced is because we haven't seen him outside of clay in a while. While well, we saw him a, a, a bit on grass, where he didn't really convince on grass. Won a challenger in Nur Sultan in March uh, on hard yeah. courts, right? Yeah, and, and then qualified for the Australian Open. So, yeah, I'll I'll go for it. yes on Mahaj. Yeah, me too. I mean, this is exactly the kind of player like like Rosso, sort of. But maybe <laughs> no, obviously he doesn't have such a serve. But uh, what I'm talking about is that you know a player that if he eliminates his inconsistencies, he can be huge. Uh, maybe maybe not you know, uh, Thomas Berdick huge, but but definitely someone that has the potential. Like with Collar, you kind of feel like it's it's capped at some point, and then with with Mahach, it, it doesn't have to be this way. Uh, and I think the one the one left is Michal Verbensky. Then, yeah, I'm I'm going no on on Verbensky. I'll be very surprised if he ever if he ever cracks the top 100, even let alone making the sort of impact that we're talking about, winning a title or making a big run at the slam uh, yeah I don't, I don't think Verbensky's getting near the 100 even yeah me too absolutely I, I if you asked me like uh, a year ago I probably would have replied <laughs> yes which is funny but uh, yeah. I don't know I just don't see the the spark anymore uh, just don't, don't don't see the wow factor that, that, that I thought I saw uh, in Prague for example when he played Favrinka last year uh, okay so I guess that's going to be it for this. We still have much and upset of the week to cover, and then we can start pre- previewing next week. Yes. Um, um, so so an upset of the week, I'm, I'm going with, with um, quite a late change. I originally had Jay Clark over Sebastian Baez, but I'm going to change it to, to Robin Hasse over Oscar Ote. Because, uh, I mean, I, I feel like, like Hasse has just been so, so poor <laughs> over the past year. Obviously, like, like I still think of him as better than he probably is outside of this week um, because like just because of how good he has been over his career um, but yeah I, f- I feel like him beating Otta was was a real surprise to me yeah I also tend to you know, <laughs> have the players uh, like you know older players seem to in my memory they seem to be extremely good still but you know yeah in their results in their matches they aren't i went with clark bias but as far as i remember when i checked uh the you know the betting odds it was exactly these two matches that that mm-hmm. had the highest so uh so the bookies would would agree with us as well uh yeah clark bias we already talked about that it was just a, a shocker honestly maybe obviously explainable by 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 bias you know first match back and all but still with with how many wins Sebastian Baez has racked up. That was a shocker for me. And with much of the week, uh, as I said, Chakinato Rune had potential, I think, but I never really, you know, never never really got dramatic. So I ended up going with uh, a match that was dramatic from the first point to the last in uh, Francesco Forti, João Menezes. Uh, three hours, 40-something, 50-something. And great atmosphere definitely made uh, made made for a great evening watching, even if it lasted lasted and lasted extremely long. Um, I went for Daniel Altmaier over Beat Kopshiva seven six three six six three. I thought it was a pretty fun match. Um, I expected that to be. Uh, as, as I was as I was sort of nearing the end and Altmaier was was winning, I sort of expected that to be the the biggest uh, challenge that he would get, Altmaier because Kopshiva really pushed him. Um, I mean, obviously he went out the next round in a in a tight tie break, which I unfortunately didn't see that match. So so maybe if I saw it, I would be calling for that one. But yeah, I, I thought Altmaier Kopshiva really fun match. Yep, 
and next week we've got uh, Ludenscheid uh, or something like that. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> if we have any German listeners. And Verona, which is a much easier uh, name, uh, which means I like this event already. Although actually Ludenscheid has a much better draw. Where do you want to start? Uh, let's start with with, with Verona. Um, top seed okay. Carlos Tabener who, I, I mean, we've talked about him being sort of like really good, but also kind of weird in, in some of his results. Just that that weird Roland Garros run where he's so dominant qualifying that loses to Sutherland. I, I can never forget that. Opera's against Jesper de Jong. Um, then he has Kotov, Botteletti. Uh, pretty easy section, I think, overall, except for Van Rijthoven, possibly Janvier or, or Guinard, maybe. And de Jong isn't the easiest round, but I feel like overall it's a it's a pretty easy opening round we have Holger Rune if he doesn't withdraw <laughs> after after winning last week um we have him opening against the qualifier and then Jaziri or qualifier so I feel like that sort of draw might entice him to come play uh because it's, yeah. uh, it's a really easy <laughs> couple of opening rounds for him there and and the rest of the section as well there's you know Ben Chitri, Viola, Bonadio, Justino, Bonadio I feel like this the only one who could maybe give him uh, a challenge uh, versus the guys that are struggling. Um, we have an, an interesting wild card in Fletcher Scott from America, starting his qual- qualifier. Um, I actually forgot to look him up. I don't know if he's a college guy or not. He is, or, yes. Uh, University yeah. of Illinois, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, so sort of a, kind of out of nowhere. I didn't hear of him <laughs> before looking up this this draw. Me neither, uh, me neither. I'm looking at his results and I don't even know the players that he was playing against. So I guess he plays <laughs> like a, you know one of the. Uh, I don't I don't know. I, I I'm sure you know how the college system works, but I guess there's like the first spot and the second, right? And like. The the division. Like a position? No, like a position in in a. Oh 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 yeah 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 yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so, so I think he just plays. Spot. Yeah, I think he's playing like a, a spot at the back or something. Yeah, yeah, m- making this wild card even more surprising. I guess we'll try to investigate before next week's show to see to see how he got it. I mean, he he landed in a very good section for himself because Gastal Eliash is one of the seeds. He's been r- really good earlier in the year. I think is on like a four or five match losing streak right now. The other seed, Paolo Lorenzi. So two two wins this year, I think. So I feel like this is kind of a farewell tour for Paolo Lorenzi. I don't really see him coming back from this. Um, yeah, but do you Yaku- think he can win here? So so he has Goncalo Oliveira. Um, I have him losing in my in my prediction here, unfortunately. It's 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 been more it's more winnable than what he usually gets Lorenzi, which I mean is, is most other players. Um but you know, I mean, I feel like if he if he ever if he's like ever going to have like a quarterfinal run or something to like really showcase something from this year, I, I feel like it would be here with this draw. Yeah, I mean, um, it's really a chance for him. Like Oliveira, then Serdarusic, Baldi. Uh, I'm not sure what to think about his match against Cecchinato last week, but I mean, it it looked really fine. I'm not expecting anything from Paolo at this point, but if if something is to happen for him, then then this is a really good chance, yeah. Yeah, and in the final section we have Miti Popko, who we've talked about a lot. Um, potentially tough second round against Sachko or or Tsepieri. Um The the seed in section is Jake Clark, opening is Nicolas Mejia, who was um, really good in, in Salinas earlier this year. We also have uh, Chungxin Tseng. Um, who I'm pretty curious about uh, because his clay form has actually been quite good this year, obviously coached by Dominic Rabati. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious if, if he can make a run here to the quarters and, and meet Popko there. Um, but yeah, who, who do you think is going to make a run here? Yeah, I feel like we're mentioning Dominic, Dominic Rabati in almost every <laughs> podcast, which is funny. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, and his his name is dropped almost almost in every single episode. Uh, there, I'm sure there are more you know, characters like that, sort of. Uh, yeah, uh, the quality. I also wanted to mention the qualities because there are some big big names there: Flavio Cobolli, uh, Tiago Tirante, Forty even Forty was was very good last last week. 
Uh, I actually have absolutely no clue. I just realized that I forgot to make my pick for Verona. I have my pick for Ludenscheid. Uh, so honestly, I'm just gonna have to look at this. And my, yeah, I'm super tempted by Rune because, as you said, the draw is so kind. I mean, the it's a section he should just eat up. But I'm uh, I'm scarred by last week, like by picking Molchan and then him withdrawing. Like, um, you know, the reason I picked Molchan last week was that he basically won all his matches so easily that I just assumed he wasn't gonna be tired. And I don't know. I mean, I, I think I'm going to go for it and pick Rune. I'm not sure if he's going to be you know, tempted to play it when he looks at his draw. But, you know, if I was him, I, I guess I would take that into consideration because it really looks like a semi-final berth. You know, maybe not, you know, instantly, but I mean, a qualifier i mean a qualifier actually yeah i just i just talked about the qualifiers like mm. if it's gonna be tirante and then koboli then that's not an easy draw at all i'm gonna go with runa just because i really think there there, there isn't a clear favorite out of this i i would also be tempted to pick popko even though i like 10 minutes ago i i, I, I said that i wasn't gonna <laughs> be picking popko anytime soon but the now, Sachko Zapieri is a, is a very tough second round, so uh, I, I don't feel that comfortable. I also glanced at Nicolas Mejia, frankly, but that's a very long shot, I feel. Yeah, I mean, so so, so I, I have Rune and, and Popko in my final here, because uh, like the way that I do my predictions, I, I just like do the whole draw mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, and I'm going for, for Rune, obviously, recognizing the risks that you, that you had with Molchan last week. But I feel like if we're both picking him, that it's going to be fine. I'm, I'm not going to end up looking the fool when Dimitri Popko wins this tournament, which hopefully yeah, it's, it's, it's Rune. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we, we, we talked about Koboli, we talked about Tirante. Anything else from Verona or are we moving on to Liedenscheid? Yeah, I'll just say that maybe I should start doing the predictions your way because mine is apparently <laughs> no, the magic is gone. But we shall see. Maybe I don't know. No, here we're here. No one is gonna have an advantage because we are we're gonna be either right yeah. or wrong together. So yeah, let's just go to Ludenscheid, I guess. Um, yeah, top seed Pablo Andujar. Uh, with with a nice little draw here, to be honest, opens up against Mirza Basic, then Lamassine or, or Karlovsky. Uh, in the quarter, he maybe has Safiulin, Lance, Mochizuki, Menedes, Maceiras. I, I feel like he, he should make the, the semis, uh, Andujar. Then we have a very fun uh, couple of first round here, first rounds here. Uh, Carbaez Baena opens against Nicolas Kiker, which I'm quite excited about it. Uh, then we have Nicolas Kari opening against Lukas Klein, which I'm also very excited about. I'm also excited about whoever's going to meet up in the second round between, uh, from this, <laughs> this quartet. Uh, hopefully it's, it's, it's Klein in there. Um, but yeah, a very nice little section here. And then in the bottom half, we have uh, Pedro Martinez as the number two seed. Opens up against Hugo Carabey. Um and then we have Serundolo playing Verbensky. So Verbensky, this is this must be his time to redeem himself after we've uh, after I've been pretty hard on him for a couple of podcasts. Uh, Daniel Altmaier also here with with a pretty nice draw. I mean, th- th- there's a couple of dangerous qualifiers here as well uh, in Foretek and Giannu, but he opens up against the qualifier. Then he has Julian Kanya or Misha Zverev, which is either of those guys. I don't think are <laughs> uh, great. Um, and then yeah, I mean his his quarter could be Hasse, who I'm I'm curious to see if Hasse can can uh, bring that form from last week or if he's going to sort of regress to what he's been doing the rest of the year. Um, yeah, did I miss anything out in this draw? <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, Stefan Robert play played the oh, yeah. qualies <laughs> match again, and once again it wasn't great. Uh, was it two six to six? Four I games. think to, to, yeah. to Dane, Dane Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. Against Dane Kelly and Clay, that's not a not a perfect result, obviously. There are a couple of players there that could do something. Gennaro Olivieri was great in, in the States recently. Or Nick Hart, we, we mentioned him as well. But I mean, he struggled to beat uh, Evgeny Turnev again. I guess the, the, the guys that could really go on a run from the qualities are Giannu and Foretek. Uh, especially you know, for Atec, obviously we've been talking a lot about a lot, and Gianu has is always kind of lurking there as a potential deep run at the, at the challenger, 
at least since this year. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. Ever since looking at this draw, I, I feel pretty confident in my winner pick that he has a very good chance. Uh, I, the, the section you mentioned is great, by the way. Uh, I definitely agree. Idukovic Fulness is also a, a match that I will, I will definitely watch from the first round. Uh, but at here I am really, really looking at Pedro Martinez. Obviously, Kids Behill final, uh, which was which was like two weeks ago or something. He played three matches in the Bundesliga since then and lost that one to Travalia, which we which we also mentioned on the pod. But like three days ago, he totally smashed Carbaez by like six one six three in the Bundesliga. So it just makes me even more confident in this pick. I have a slight well, you know. I am a bit afraid that you went for the exact same guy and then it's going to be a tie after this week. But, you know, let's hear what you have. Um, so I went for Daniel Atmaier here. I'm basically reprising, <laughs> I'm reprising two of my picks from last year because I did pick both of them last week as well. Worked worked okay. One of them, one of them won. So I'll be satisfied with that result again. Um, yeah, I mean, it, there was a couple of very interesting names here from from that section, which I mentioned. Karbaiskana, Kiker, Hari. Um, I feel like a, a winner can come from there, but there's just so many of them in that little section. I, I didn't want to pick one of them. Um, and Dukar, I feel like he was somebody that I considered quite severely. I have him in the final because I, f- I feel like his draw to the semi is is really just quite nice. Um, but yeah, ended up going for Daniel Altmaier. I also want to, I also wanted to mention the doubles wild cards that we have here in in Ludenscheid, which I, I wanted to, to mention two of them in particular. It's it's that, so one of them is Dustin Brown playing with a Syrian player. Uh, Hazem Nav, which I had no idea that like Syria had a professional tennis player, but but he is ranked. And then we have two guys, I assume brothers, uh, Lenat and Ludger Fastabend, who I can't find anything about. I don't know who they are, um, but they are are not tennis players <laughs> by any <laughs> like like I can't find anything like they've not this, they've not ever played professional a professional match in juniors or mm. or in anything. Um, so I'm sort of trying to find them. Uh, like when I Google them, it just like comes up with this one match. Um, and yeah, not, not, nothing much more. I have a German so. article from 2018, but I mean, I'm not great at German. But it, it, the guy in the picture looks, I don't know, 18-ish maybe. So so they shouldn't be very, you know, because last year I, I, they probably weren't following it's so it's so you know so so much back then but at at an italian challenger there was a doubles wildcard for two 14 year olds 14 years uh, yep uh, pietro buscalione and cesare carpano or something and they lost 0606 uh so i was just <laughs> wondering really if, it, if, it, if it's something like that but looking from the 2018 picture of leonard fastabend He's probably a bit older, but I also have never heard of these guys. And Hazim Nav is also not a not a player that I recall. On his Wikipedia, it's like due to the Syrian civil war, he was forced out to move out of Aleppo and moved to Beirut and plays tennis right now in Germany. So I guess he also moved to Germany. And it just says that after a junior career, he played in some ITF events. And then receive, there's a paragraph about the wildcard that he received. So, yeah, so, so, so definitely um, curious about the doubles here, uh, those two pairings. Um, and yeah, um, maybe the Fast Event brothers are the, are the new, yeah, new storm that's going to take over Challenger doubles tennis, which I mean, yeah, kind of doubt it. Um, but yeah, so, so I think that's pretty much our preview for next week, isn't it? Yeah, I, I had something to say, but I forgot. Okay, I know. Uh, yeah, I, I will, I'm going to have two reasons to uh, want Daniel Altmaier to lose this week. Because one, is he's your pick. And the other one, I'm afraid that if he wins, he's not going to come to Warsaw. So uh. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. yeah. Keeping my fingers crossed. But I actually wouldn't mind Martinez beating him in the semis. So, yeah. Uh, so we know our picks also we both went for Rune in uh, Verona and in Lidenscheid I went Martinez and uh, Jakub went Daniel Altmaier they can meet in the semis would be fun if they did 
Uh, anyhow, we're gonna see you next week when we're gonna talk about Ludenscheid and Verona. Uh, yeah, and then preview some other stuff like Warsaw, Barletta, and Como. I think that that's gonna be a bit of a weaker week on the on the Challenger Tour because of the because of the qualies to to yeah. the U.S. Open. But um, we're obviously gonna no, it's not Warsaw, Barletta, and Como. I think it's Prague again. Yeah, but anyhow, we're obviously gonna find our you know. We can find joy in almost every single challenger draw, so we're definitely yes, gonna yes, we deliver on that. Yeah. Uh, so anyhow, see you next week then, and thanks for listening. Bye. Hope all of you enjoyed another ATP Challenger-centric episode of the podcast. A huge thank you to Damian Kust and Jakob Babro for their continued coverage of all things Challenger level. Of course, you can hear them every Monday on this show. And again, you can read Damian's work on our website, crackrackets.com. Of course, we've got so much other content coming down the pipelines, mini breaks, catching you up on all of the actions. Great Shot Podcast, previewing the U.S. Open, our biggest contenders, our dark horses, where the ELO ratings are at. I feel like I haven't had a nice analytics update. I'm going to see if Jeff Sackman can come on the podcast over the next couple of days. But of course, again, you can find all of our content catching you up on all things happening in the tennis world on our website, crackrackets.com. Be on the lookout for the Cracked Interviews podcast. We're going to have my main man, Ernest Gulbis. I did have a lot of fun hanging out with him in Pennsylvania. I won't lie. Him, Ram Kumar, Ramanathan, so many different players uh, who we had the chance to chat with. Be on the lookout for all of that over the next few days. And of course, if you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I'm at Great Shot Pod. A shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Fliegner and Daniel Westoff for the f*** of any job they do day in, day out. Shout out as well to our friends over at Turn Tennis. Remember, contact sales at uniquesports.com or call 800 3707 with that set for our hosts Damian Kust, Jakob Babro, super producers Fleekner and Westoff, our friends over at Turner Tennis and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network I'm your host Alex Gruskin, you know what we say hey, great shot and we will see you all tomorrow thanks everyone <laughs>